Hello, it's Clark. Uh, this is just your little pre-episode warning. Um, we do talk about death and familial loss and uh, parental trauma, childhood trauma, that kind of stuff in this episode. So if that is something that you're not comfortable with, we totally understand. And it is your time to click out now. Hello, 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 and a warm wake of welcome to all of our witches, white lighters, and warlocks out there. My name is Clark. And I'm Victoria, and you're listening to Charmed and Dangerous, a Charmed podcast. to why the fuck does this show still make me cry 20 years later after I've seen it 10 times. Girl. I'm your host, Clark. <laughs> uh, we got stuffy noses all around in this in this house tonight. My lord. Uh, yeah, I just watched the episode like literally like 15 minutes before we hit record. So it's fresh. It's but uh it's fresh. But yeah, uh, episode 8P3H2O. Do you want to lead us in the summary today, V? Yeah, here we go. All right. Uh, we're not going to do a voice this time because this is sad. So <sighs> everybody mentally listen to a funeral dirge. Here we go. Prue witnesses a demonic kill at her childhood camp slash lake. Catch is, it's the lake where her mother died 20 years ago. Catch to the catch is, Patty's white lighter was a witness to her murder and was so devastated by her death that he clipped his wings, became mortal, and stayed near the lake to bear witness to years of demon murders just to make sure he'd be there to save the Halliwell sisters' lives once the day came for them to face down the creature themselves. Catch to the catch to the catch, bonus round! Forbidden romance runs in the family. I'm sure this will never be. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell Victoria didn't read the summary before she read it out loud? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure this will never be relevant again. Never. Never. Okay. Never again. This is a one-time deal. Yep. So we are not a spo- spoiler-free podcast, um, but we do have respect. Um, but for <laughs> all of us that are involved in the inside joke, uh, how about them apples, huh? <laughs> how about them apples? There is a. There's also a scene, and if if you are not very far into Charmed, or if you're just watching with us weekly. Take a minute to just kind of disengage um, and come right back. <laughs> uh, for all of us who have been here a while, uh, how about the foreshadowing of proving like, <laughs> I don't want to walk in my mom's footsteps and die young? What the <laughs> hell was that, y'all? Didn't appreciate that at all. And for our listeners that are just now watching Charmed, you can come back now. All right, we're done. Um, Let's talk about the big bad, which I'm I'm sorry. I think the big bad were the friends we lost along the way. Um, (laughs) What? Yeah, literally nobody that died in this episode deserved to die. Not a single person. Not a single person. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the big bad. (laughs) The big bad (laughs) this episode. God. Clark, learn how to fucking talk. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> is the unnamed water demon that drowns people from the inside out. Ew. <laughs> Those are the exact words <laughs> that we have written down on our template. If y'all, if y'all ever want to see our notes for the episodes, <laughs> just let us know. We'll make it happen somehow. I think we have a website that we could probably upload them to, but it's fucking hilarious. We just... 
we put a bunch of bullshit onto a page and somehow it comes into a half coherent episode. <laughs> it's great. I love Movie it. Movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, oh, God, this episode has so much to talk about. Oh, my. And it's it's very interesting because even though, like, the demon is a huge part of the episode, right? The demon is not really, like, vanquishing the demon seems like an afterthought because there is so much plot and storyline here, guys. Yeah, this episode is less about the physical demon and more about the inner demons, you know? Which hits a little too close to home, but we're gonna avoid that. Yeah, okay, so uh, let's kind of try and do this in chronological order, (laughs) I guess, if that makes sense to you. Okay. So, first things first, we have to deal with Prue avoiding her mommy issues. Yeah. Um, This this episode is very Prue-centric, because, as we all know, like, Prue, Piper, and Phoebe's mom, Patty, died 20 years ago uh, when they were still children. Mm-hmm. Meaning that the only one that really, truly remembers Patty is Prue. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Piper kind of more or less has an idea of her mom, but it's less concrete in her brain than uh, Prue's. Yeah. And Phoebe, poor Phoebe, doesn't remember her at all, Mm-mm. you know? So, yeah, th- this episode is very, very centered on Prue and dealing with the fact that this camp that she used to go to as a kid where her mom died. And let's not gloss over the fact that Prue saw her mom's dead body being bagged up by the coroner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she goes to this this lake every once in a while just to quote unquote think um and she happens to be there this time because the camp is reopening after 20 years and she gets really nostalgic and has to go back and kind of you know cry about the fact that this place is where she lost her mom you know yeah. <laughs> uh and as she's there she Sees a guy get fucking snatched by this demon. Murked. Literally murked off of his boat. Like, and it's it's obviously traumatizing for her. Like, Oh, yeah. But she, rewind, rewind a second. Like, she lies to Piper on the phone. Yeah. Piper's like, yo, where are you at? You know, you're borrowing my car. I just want to make sure you guys are okay. And she's like, yeah, yeah. Traffic's just crazy. Completely glossing over the fact that she's just chilling where her mom fucking was brutally murdered. Yeah. Uh, And it is not like, you know how in horror movies they will like lead up to something and then they, I don't really watch a lot of horror movies. So this is from a very limited experience. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't want. Yeah, She really doesn't guys. I don't (laughs) know. Uh, but they like lead you up and then the music is like nee, 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 and then it like cuts away before somebody is like brutally murdered or it's like a shot like they very rarely show like the actual like gore part unless that's the appeal of the horror movie unless it's like a gory slasher film this episode did not <laughs> pull the punches mentally oh, no. like not only do we immediately, like, we are introduced to this episode by watching young Prue um, watch her mother be zipped up, uh, which was brutal. But then the guy, when he's drowning, it's not like the demon is like, hey, hey got your toe. And he, like, pulls him down. <laughs> it's, like, very no, he's slow. He's, like, thrashing. Yes. yes. And Prue is, like, running around the lake trying to save this dude. And he's like, help me. He's like dying. Woo! Yeah, and um, she she ends up running to the dock, and this is where we meet Sam for the first time. Mm -hmm. Sam saves Prue's life, 
Because at this point, you know, this guy's dead. Like, the only thing that's going to happen from Prue trying to go into this without any kind of forefront knowledge is that she's going to die. Yep, she's going to become Prue Jello Salad. Sam's, yeah, Sam's whole, like, life purpose for the last 20 years of being immortal is to make sure that she doesn't follow in her mom's footsteps. But throughout this episode... There's several times that people are saying how much she looks like her mom or how much she's very similar to her mom. And she is not fucking having it. Mm -mm. She's like, no, like, I don't want to be like her. She had zero luck with men. She died young. Like, she was taking care of a family. I'm already following in her footsteps without wanting to. I'm going to make sure that... At my very base, I know that I'm trying to stop that. I'm trying to end the cycle. Um, And this is evident to us at first because Piper kind of makes a joke. She's talking with Prue on the phone about Dan because Piper and Dan are having breakfast together over the phone even though they live 20 feet away because that's sensible i guess back when they paid for minutes on their phones anyways it did kind of hurt my feelings as someone who's in a long distance relationship that scene kind of hit me in the jaw and beat me up um so (laughs) that kind of hurt the being like oh are you taking a bite oh uh," because you have to do that ugly ugly stuff when you date long distance yeah. But horrible. like that's my my complaint of the day. <laughs> yeah. Acting like they're long distance when they live next to each other. <laughs> they're literally next door to each other. He's the boy next door, <gasps> Piper. Uh but uh no, so Prue makes a comment about like well, he lives 20 feet away, like you could get walkie-talkies, you could I don't know, tie a string in two cans, like yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you don't need to be on the phone. And Piper makes a joke about, haha, I get it, mom. And, you know, she's just joking, but we see Prue, it like zooms in on her face and she just stiffens. Yep. Like, and it, it really hammers in like, oh, okay, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, this is going to be a trauma episode. Got it. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's throughout the whole thing. And we even see... We see the sisters kind of confront Prue about it. And they're like, when people say you look like her, it's a compliment. Like, what? why do you act like this, you know? Um, it is It is brutal because she straight up is like, I don't want to walk in our mom's footsteps. Yeah. Not get to do anything with my life. Have no luck with men die young, not get to have a life that I want. And it's, I think it's very interesting. Like, not only does Prue probably have the preconceived notions of, like, society at the time. Like, Mm -hmm. women in the 90s were really, women in the 80s and 90s were kind of dipping their toes into permanent workforce positions. Right. Like, I would say that it, it is not an untrue statement that though we did have like, of course, throughout the industrial, you know, 20th and 21st century women going into the workforce, blah, 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 blah. But there wasn't a movement of women staying in the workforce after they had kids. Right. And Prue, along with the rest of her generation, probably looked at their moms and thought, oh, you got to have a life until you got pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then you just became a mom. And then you add on top of that that Prue sees her life going in the same way that Patty's did. Not to mention, her life was over from the moment her mom died. Because she became the kid's new mom. Yep. Like, not only is she seeing her life following in the footsteps of her mother, she's already there. Yep. She she raised her sisters and she she's still like now that she has 
these witch powers, now all of a sudden she's in charge of saving the fucking world, yep. you know? Like, and it's just, it's all of this pressure and we really, really get a unique insight into Prue's head, which we don't get very often. Mm-hmm. Usually we just see her as the stuck up bitch that can't have any fun, you know? Like, but this episode, we really get to see into, and I know I've said it before and it's maybe a dramatic use of the word, but we get to see into Prue's trauma in this episode. Mm -hmm. We get to see why she reacts the way that she does to the situations that she finds herself in. And I think that the writers of this show do an amazing job in keeping it mostly light and fun, but also occasionally having these episodes where the characters are just real people for a minute. Mm -hmm. And you get to remember that, yeah, dude, life fucking sucks sometimes. And... Even people who seem like they have their life together 110%, like Prue, have shit that they're dealing with. Yeah. And I I think this, this show in general, but this episode in particular, does a really, really good job of that. Well, and not to mention, like, something that I hear a lot of women who are mothers say is... Mm-hmm. I don't have any help around here. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of times, and I feel like that's a stereotype that is just pervasive through our culture, is this idea of I have kids and I have a husband and I am the only person around here who is putting in both emotional labor in the office and emotional labor at home and I'm exhausted Mm -hmm. and I don't have any help. And I think Prue feels that way. Right. Because, I mean... When she says, I don't have luck with men, you know, she's not talking. I mean, she is talking about, you know, Patty and her and their father and how they weren't compatible in the end, blah, 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 blah. And But she's also like, how frustrating must it be to be a woman who found pretty much what the love of her life, one of the great loves of her life. <laughs> and homie gets got because of her because of her the only person that she was in her head allowed to be vulnerable to it's hard it's hard to be vulnerable to your younger siblings because you yeah. all you want to do is protect them and make their lives better yeah 100 percent. and so it's it's very difficult to be vulnerable to them even when you're an adult and the only person that she was able to be vulnerable to is dead and where phoebe you know piper has this great love story that's unfolding phoebe gets to be with a bunch of different people and she loves it she's free and it's easy and prue it's like every time she dates like First of all, you're holding that person up against the standard of Andy. But then it's also like, it's like she doesn't get any enjoyment out of it. Yeah. It's like Prue is just waiting for the perfect person to fall into her lap because she needed it. She needs Mm -hmm. the perfect person who is going to give her help. She needs someone to take care of her, whether she wants to admit it or not. She needs someone... That will sit down and say, hey, this isn't all on you. Mm -hmm. I got you. Like, I'm here to lift you up and help you with what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That can be said for a lot of people, really. Like, but we, we definitely see that in Prue, that that's what she needs. And I know we've talked about Jack, and I know that you don't like Jack. I was impressed with him this episode, but... I still don't like him. Yeah, we we argue about this a lot. <laughs> we argue about a lot of things with the men in this show, as 
as you've heard us with Dan and Leo. But I, I really and truly, I've said it before, and I know that I've said it before. So if you don't, if you don't care, then that's fine. But I'm gonna say it again anyways because this is my show, and I can say whatever the fuck I want. But um, I think Jack is really important in Prue's storyline. I don't think he was ever meant to be this Mr. Right. He's the one. He's he's there to hold her up and be her equal and all of that stuff. I think Jack is really important because not only does he A, teach Prue how to open her heart to possibilities again, but he he brings out a side of her that she's never been able to show to anybody. Mm-hmm. He he makes her fun. He he brings out this kind of like fun flirtatious I know this isn't going anywhere but I'm going to have fun while it lasts Prue. And I think that that's a Prue that we don't see enough. Mm-hmm. And I I love that Jack brings that out in her and like I said I, I don't think he was ever meant to be a lasting relationship for Prue I I think Jack's whole purpose in this show is to open her up. show her how to show her how to live again mm-hmm. I feel like in these last couple of episodes especially before she met Jack Prue was just kind of floating from day to day. She was running on autopilot. You could tell that she was numb. There was something missing. And then she met Jack and it sparked something in her again. And, and I, I just, I love to see that. I know I'm rambling, but no, but it's- I, I think Jack is very important to Prue and her storyline and her growth as a person. And he impressed me this episode. We're going to, i we're going to go ahead and transition into him as a topic mm-hmm. because so Jack, first of all, comes in, takes over her office um, while she's doing some pretty important witch duties. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he impresses us, us being the audience and he Prue, impresses Prue. <laughs> yeah. And Prue. Because he conducts a deal with her over the phone with a very particular client and begins to speak uh, Japanese to the Japanese client, which makes the client... Fluently. Fluently. (laughs) The client feel at home. Mm -hmm. And then even though he basically did the sale, he puts Prue's name down as a sign of respect. And covers for her. And covers for her. Mm -hmm. And I, this is, that to me is, you know, very important. Because anybody who is dating one of the sisters, and this is a, you know, very constant theme throughout their love lives. Anybody who's dating them Mm -hmm. has to be able to cover for them. Oh, yeah. Because these girls go missing like nobody's business. It is a miracle from the Lord that Prue hasn't been fired. (laughs) (laughs) Because she takes so many days off. Also, he does make a comment about her outfit. Um, I agree. I respect him for that comment. I was really hoping you would bring it up. Cause, uh, 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 he really, he really holds his own against Prue. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she, she makes a comment about, cause he comes to work in like normal, like work attire on top, but on the bottom he's wearing like Bermuda shorts. Yeah. I don't know if that's what you would call them, but he, he's ugly. wearing like swim trunks essentially. <laughs> yeah. And, and she makes a comment. She's like. You think it's appropriate to dress like that at work? And he fires back at her and he's like, 
well, you can wear that and I can't wear this. Because she's wearing like a crop top, very casual clothes. A she's crop top she's in like jeans. a, a v, like a deep cut v neck with like it's like a crop top. It's a red uh, cropped up in it's jeans. It's strapless. Yeah, like it's it's not appropriate work attire. I no. think all of us can agree on that. It's sexy. She looks. It's hot. She looks. She looks phenomenal. Amazing. She looks phenomenal. <laughs> the trauma makes her spicy in this episode. <laughs> Everybody, Me too, bitch. Every, Me too. Everybody <laughs> looks hot in this episode. Oh, and God. Phoebe's hair is so pretty yes, in this episode. And Piper changes into this, like, sleeveless pink sweater. Pink turtleneck. Yes. Oh! oh, God. In I'm heaven. So gay for Piper. Everybody Fuck. is so beautiful in this episode. Yeah. Everybody I mean, they're so they're beautiful, beautiful always, yes. but there's something there's something very particular about their styling. It's I think in this season, I think yes. season two just hits really hard. It's it it's fucking banger after banger. Honestly, it's fantastic. I am actually gonna look up who their stylist is, but so we can credit <laughs> them and give them a fucking virtual high five. Literally, but I I do want. <laughs> I want Clark to start with um Ugh. we can we can end on Phoebe, but we're about to go into the heavy. You're gonna do it. So You're let's do it to me, aren't you? Let's start with Ugh. Piper and Leo in this episode. Oh god. So Oh, I'm gonna cry. I'm just gonna let you guys know now. So Leo's back in this episode. Um, and he shows up when the girls are rummaging through Sam's cabin? Personal shack? I don't know. Uh, Yeah, like, it's like a shed that he lives in, I think. (laughs) I don't know. It's really, it's, it's odd. All Um, bachelors. But they're, they're (laughs) rummaging through it, and fucking Leo pops out of nowhere. And first, at first you're like, ah! Leo, uh, but um, he's very quickly like, "You can't be here. Sam's gonna be back any minute." And they're like, "Wait, what the fuck? How do you know about Sam?" And he's like, "No, like we gotta go. We gotta go." So, um, it's through Leo that we find out that Sam was Patty's white lighter, and this instantly pisses off the sisters particularly phoebe Mm -hmm. phoebe is livid because she immediately puts the pieces together oh so this is the bastard that didn't save our mom Mm -hmm. and so they they're they're leaving everything like that um long story short A series of events happens, and Piper and Leo are stuck in the manor investigating their end of this demon. They're trying to find him in the Book of Shadows. Piper has, like, poison ivy, so she can't can't go anywhere. She's, like, highly contagious. She's itching all over the place. It's bad. Um, And in this episode, we learn that Leo's healing powers have limits. Mm Mm-hmm. He can only heal if he's meant to heal. Which means he can't heal her poison ivy. So she's stuck in the house and she's like, why am I stuck here? Why is this happening to me? I should be out there helping my sisters. And we find out that the reason that she isn't supposed to be there is because she had taken letters from Sam's cabin. Mm Mm-hmm the day before and Sam had used um, basically a memory erasing powder on the girls. So they forgot the day before and they forgot about the demon and everything, but they, they snapped out of it. Everything's fine. Yes. But she forgot that she had taken these letters from Sam's cabin and she opens them up and she's like, this is so weird. There's are letters to Sam from my mom. So there's this beautifully framed moment 
We've got Piper standing just left of center screen. Mm -hmm. And then Leo comes up right behind her. And it's very intimate. And they're reading these letters. And they very quickly realize, holy motherfucking shit. These are love love letters. letters. These are love letters from Patty to Sam. And... They're reading through them, and Piper just goes, oh my god, it's like I could have written these. Because in these letters, Patty is just detailing, I just, how she just wants Sam to be close to her. She wants finished conversations, nights together uninterrupted, all of this other stuff, but she understands that their duty is more important than their love. Uh, and it hits Piper and Leo hard because this is exactly what they're going through. Yep. And they're They love each other more than life itself, but they know that there's more important things than them being together. And I think one of the most brutal parts of the letter, the letters is uh how I long oh for what normal people consider ordinary. And like... Oh, you didn't get to the part that I thought you were going to. Oh, I am. And Piper goes... Piper is like, oh, it's like I could have written them myself. And Leo is like bathed in sunlight across from her. (laughs) His green eyes sparkling. And he's like, I wish you would have... But she she responds with would it have made a difference oh god what would it have changed and you kind of just start to get this feeling for how hopeless their love is for each other yes they want nothing more than to be with each other but literally everything is stopping them so she she gets to the final letter, and this is the one that crushes me. It's a letter from Patty to Sam, obviously, detailing how she's going to go face this demon, and he can't be there. It's too powerful, and she can't afford the distraction. Because she said in her letter, I would not be facing this demon if I did not know without a shadow of a doubt that I would be home at the end of the night to tuck my girls into bed. Uh, And it's, I'm going to let Clark take a breather. (laughs) 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 It's so brutal. It's so brutal, y'all, because it's revealed that, um, Spoilers for this episode, BT dubs, uh, <laughs> that Patty had figured out, so it's a water demon, and so she figured out that if she used electricity, the molecules would separate and she would be able to vanquish the demon. And so she's like ready to go, she's gonna get it, and then Sam sees it rising at her. And is like, Patty, watch out. And she turns. <laughs> and she turns him. and freezes him to protect him. And then it drowns her from the inside out. And the reason that we see this, y'all, is because Prue is like, they realize after Sam, you know, tells them that he distracted their mother and got her killed, um, that the only way to find out what happened is to use Phoebe's power. And Phoebe, I think very fairly says to Prue, you are running, she basically is like, you have been running from, like, facing our mother's death this whole time and now you want me to watch her die 
you not even just watch her die. You want me to relive her final moments. Yes. It's not fair. And Prue is like, yeah, I know. Go grab him. And so... But it all... Sorry, continue. Oh, no, you're fine. And so Phoebe has to, like, relive it. It's horrible. She recounts that Patty drowns from the inside out. And they, you know, learn how to vanquish this demon. And we come full circle. Are you ready to discuss this, Clark? Yeah. We come full circle because the girls get ready and they realize that Prue has to be the one on the end of the dock to do it because it cannot be the witch that freezes this time. And so Piper, Leo, and Phoebe are at the base of the dock. Sam walks up to help Prue Prue has both of the electric sockets and the demon comes around from the other side of the dock and Sam just steps in front of it and says take me instead and Leo comes running towards Piper and Piper freezes Leo to protect him just like her mom froze Sam and the demon kills Sam and attacks him well, doesn't kill him. He enters him. And Prue has to flip the switch with her powers to electrocute him. And then... And oh, go ahead, please. <sighs> so so Sam has these, these power cables in his hand. And he's pure water at this point, basically. So Prue flips the switch and... Fry Sam. Um, and Sam is dying. And Ugh. Leo unfreezes. <laughs> they all meet at the end of the dock. And Leo goes to heal Sam. <laughs> and, and he can't. Because he's not supposed to. Nope. And so Sam dies in Prue's arms and reunites with Patty, who comes to get him from the <laughs> afterlife. <laughs> oh. and, and we never hear anything about either of their characters ever again. <laughs> Amen. Oh. Jesus. And that the episode doesn't end there, ladies and gentlemen. No, nope. no, 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 no. No, they had to fuck with us some more. So we transition. There's there's a Prue and Jack moment that we'll just kind of gloss over. She asks him out on a date finally, and he says yes, and they have a little flirty moment. It's cute. And it's all cute and everything. It's cute. Right, Very you nice. Know. Great. One relationship going yeah. well. Fantastic. <laughs> and then... Um, Phoebe and Piper are in their living room. Uh, Phoebe is turning Patty's letters into a scrapbook, which I think is very sweet. Yes. And guess who shows up? (laughs) It's Leo. Uh, But out of view of Phoebe. So Piper and Leo go to the kitchen to talk. And... I'm going to skip past a lot, but um, they basically say, I can't stop loving you. I have no control over the fact that I love you. But that means that we can't work together anymore. Because we which could means, die. Which means we get to watch Piper and Leo have a very emotionally crushing goodbye and at this point it's permanent they they look at each other and they think i am never going to see the love of my goddamn life again ever again i am i am never going to be able 
to look at this person that means more than anything to me. I'm never going to be able to see them again. And you know what? (laughs) I know how this ends. I've seen it all the time. Why the fuck am I crying? (laughs) Help me. (laughs) It's because it's brutal. And then... And this is the part... This is the part of the show where Den is still good. He's still a great, you know, potential boyfriend. But he starts to lose his allure. (laughs) Because you can tell that Dan and Piper don't have what Piper and Leo have. No, and they never will. And it's supposed to be, like, Piper having, like, a fun, fresh relationship. And now it's just devastating. And he comes to the back door. She's, like, crying. Yeah. And here comes fucking Dan. Now listen. (laughs) He comes up to the back door. He's like, I can never get into the front door. And he's right. And it's a curse. And (laughs) it's because the universe is trying to tell them something. (laughs) And he has breakfast and everything like set out so they can have this cute date. And she's sad. And he's like, you can tell me about it. And it's just so brutal. Because you can Because you know she can't You can hear it in her head. You can hear it in her head. I wish I could, but I can't. I, she would love to be fully open with Dan, and she simply cannot. Because he can't know. Yeah. He can't know anything. Because it will Piper had to learn from Prue's mistake. Mm-hmm. And she knows that if she tells anyone who isn't in in it already that there is a very high chance that they could die. Just like Andy. Yeah. And that is just so brutal. And he makes her smile. And they go for their little breakfast cereal date. And Piper sadly stares out the back door window. And it is just... And that's how the episode ends. You die. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I have nothing left inside anymore. No. Um, I am but a husk of a person I once was. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so that's that's it, y'all. We this is that's, probably yeah. this has probably been the first time that we have gone through kind of bit by bit by bit and actually talked about pretty much every scene in an episode. But that's the crazy thing is with this episode, you have to because oh. there's not a single moment in this episode that isn't poignantly painful. That and just <gasps> it's every single part of this episode is relevant. Yep. Every every second that you're watching, another piece of the story gets unfolded in front of you. Mm-hmm. And... And it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop until the episode airs its credits. And I think that that is what makes this episode so powerful. And I, we talk a lot about how this show has a really good balance of serious and kind of comedic relief aspects. Mm-hmm. But I think in this episode, they were very wise and very intentional in the fact that they didn't want to take away that this episode meant something. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't water it down with little wisecracks or anything like that. Like there's a couple of like chuckle moments, mm-hmm. but but they're not even they're not even that big. Mm-mm. And like I said, I just I think that. It was very intentional, and I have mad respect for the writers and directors of this episode um, for putting it together the way that they did and for respecting the serious tone that this episode required. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To, well! to end... <laughs> To end on a lighter note, um, let's make a big giant virtual high five to Elish Zabransky. Um, Miss Zabransky is our costume designer for season for several seasons of Charmed. Uh, She's done incredible work, and 
she has also won two primetime awards for her costume designing. Should be more, but so, good for you. Kudos, Elish. Is that what you yes, said? Yes, Elish. E-L-L-I-S-H. Elish. So, Miss Elish, assuming she, her are your pronouns, thank you. We thank you. <laughs> we thank you. You are amazing. You're, you, Miss Elish, I don't know what gaze you are um, <laughs> trying to pander to with these outfits. If you were trying to get the male gaze, you may have succeeded. But you also got several other gazes. And we we are thankful for your service. So, yeah. shout out. Um, on, a, on another high note, uh, the girls weren't very naughty this episode. Uh, we have a no. continuing... Personal gain count of uh, forty-four. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't have any time to to use their powers for personal gain. They were too busy sorting through their internal trauma. Yeah, <laughs> they, were, they were a little busy this episode. <laughs> Cl- but uh, Clark, what? Yeah, did you have any favorite lines or favorite parts in this episode, Victoria? Um, yes. So Clark and I picked several. Um, lines and parts and uh wouldn't you guess it they were the three comedic parts in the entire episode um (laughs) to be fair to be fair if i could if i could choose this whole episode as my favorite part i probably would Mm -hmm. Uh, but yes for me we we chose the few few (laughs) (laughs) moments of 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 peace relief uh i picked a demon a demon named sam I thought that was funny. Like, hmm, we might have other demons in the future. I mean, we could have a With very mundane name. Yeah, we could have maybe a, maybe like a Kyle or or, no, 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 that's... or a Jeff or um uh, uh, a Harold uh, or a, uh, a, a Cole. Cody? A, 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 uh, a Cole? Cole. That sounds familiar. That sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe no. Maybe mm, no. I think it was Cody. Cody sounds familiar. Maybe Sebastian? Seba- is Sebastian like a butler demon? <laughs> fucking kill myself. <laughs> For all of you who immediately got that reference, <laughs> go touch some grass. <laughs> We're in it together. Anyways. Uh, anyway. The moment that I chose <laughs> yes, Clark. Uh, was Dan coming to the back door uh making the comment about how he never has any luck going through the front door. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. And then Victoria and I actually uh, simultaneously <laughs> chose a, a Phoebe quote, charmed and dangerous stamp of approval uh, <laughs> on, on this episode. And Phoebe makes a comment when they're going through Sam's cabin and she goes, be very, very quiet. We're hunting demons. <laughs> <laughs> I actually... And I thought it was very sweet. It was good. I have another one. Uh, oh? Yes. And I just re- remembered it. And you'll all be happy to know. It's a Jack quote. Um, <gasps> Prue calls... Uh, no. Jack calls Prue to get her on the conference call. <laughs> and Prue goes... Piper? Because she's expecting a call from Piper. Oh, yes! And Jack goes, Piper? I haven't even met her. <laughs> and I was like, ah! I hardly know her. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Oh, what a douchebag. <laughs> Sophomore year Victoria didn't get that one now, did she? <laughs> right over the head. Piper, I hardly know. Her. I oh, know. Good. I was fantastic. I was like, I was like, oh my lord! In a daytime television show. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I right? forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> the writers were on something uh, this episode. <laughs> anyway, Victoria. Yes. A score of one to five mommy issues. How would you rate this? Episode? I would rate this episode five mommy issues out of five. Five. Mommy issues out of five. Yeah. It is painful, but it is beautiful. I'm gonna go ahead and have to give this a solid ten thousand out of yeah. out of five. Seriously, it, I 
honestly, it's it's not an episode that you can watch again and again just because of how fucking soul crushing it is. Yeah, but uh, but honestly, it is so well put together, and I, I've said it a million times in this episode. I'm gonna say it one more time. It's everything in this episode is intentional, mm-hmm. and I love that. It's it's impressive, and just ugh ugh ugh. And it has yeah. been uh, zero days since we've seen Leo. Better, better bow. And if 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 it all goes the way it's looking, it might be forever until we see Leo again. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah. That that scene sucked. Yeah, I'm gonna think about. That. I'm gonna have nightmares of that scene. We're gonna. I'm gonna have nightmares of the love of my life walking away from me forever. <laughs> We're gonna have. Uh, Thanks a lot, Charmed. <laughs> the the counter is going to uh, gain some days in a way it hasn't in a long time. <laughs> so fucking cries. Jesus. Anyways, that does bring us to the end of our episode. Thank uh, you, Jesus. Damn. If this releases, no. Yes. Okay. So at the time of this releasing, I will be moving in a week. Whoop, whoop. So. Wish me luck. I hate moving. Everybody send Clark some good energy. <laughs> Light a candle for me. Say a prayer. Whatever your jizz is, please. <laughs> I <laughs> need it. <laughs> um, but that does bring us to the end of our episode. Uh, Victoria, if yes, these Clark. lovely witches, warlocks, and white lighters want to interact with us on Twitter, where would they go? You can find us on Twitter at charmed underscore podcast. Where can they find us on Facebook, Clark? I guess you can find us on Facebook at charmed and dangerous pod. Facebook.com backslash charmed and dangerous pod to be exact. Where can they find us on Instagram? If they want to message us, see cool pictures that we post, anything like that. You can find us on Instagram at charmed and dangerous pod. Do you think there's a theme? There might be a theme. Where can they find us for questions, comments, snarky remarks, the occasional, um, I don't know, fan mail. Say what you want to say. We'll take it. Where can they find us? Hate mail. Boost my ego. Let's go. It's coming into Aries season. Y'all please don't send her hate mail. I really don't need it. Please, I'll cry. <laughs> she won't just cry. Anyways. She won't just cry. You, you're going to see fire come down from two different angles. All right? <laughs> you're going to wish you had your granny's ambrosia, and you're going to wish you went to bed. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Good luck. Anyways, if you want to send us hate mail, love mail, any kind of mail, you can email us at charmedwithdangerouspod at gmail.com. You know, I think I'm seeing what you're saying about about the... About the theme? About the pattern. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, that has been all for this week. We love you so, so much. And we'll see you next week. See you next time. Blessed be. Blessed be, lovelies. <laughs>